We're here to worship the Lord, and part of that is our praise to Him, and we're going to sing together the hymn 568. Be not dismayed, whate'er betide, God will take care of you. Beneath His wings of love abide, God will take care of you. Down the sink.
Let us read together the Psalm 62. Truly my soul waiteth upon God, from him cometh my salvation. He only is my rock and my salvation. He is my defense. I shall not be greatly moved. How long will ye imagine mischief against a man? Ye shall be slain, all of you. As a bowing wall shall ye be, and as a tottering fence. They only consult to cast him down from his excellency. They delight in lies. They bless with their mouth, but they curse inwardly. Selah. My soul, wait thou only upon God, for my expectation is from him. He only is my rock and my salvation. He is my defense. I shall not be moved. In God is my salvation and my glory. The rock of my strength and my refuge is in God. Trust in him at all times, ye people. Pour out your heart before him. God is a refuge for us. Selah. Surely men of low degree are vanity, and men of high degree are a lie. To be led in the balance, they are altogether lighter than vanity. Trust not in oppression, and become not vain in robbery. If riches increase, set not your heart upon them. God has spoken once, twice have I heard this, that power belongeth unto God. Also unto thee, O Lord, belongeth mercy, for thou renderest to every man according to his work. May the Lord bless and challenge us through the reading of this psalm. <coughs> we are remembering our, our friends, as we, we said last week, and as we have thought about at the prayer meeting last Thursday night, our friends from Ukraine, because things are getting worse there, very difficult for them, and so our hearts are with them in these days. Uh, we heard of sad news yesterday during the night of the 2nd of March, so that was Friday night into Saturday morning, Russian troops bombarded Odessa with drones. You've heard about that on the news, I'm sure. One of the drones hit a multi-story building. As a result of the shelling, one entrance to the building was destroyed. There's a lady called Anna. She's the daughter of a pastor with her four-month son, Timothy. They were buried under the rubble, and sadly, they did not survive. They passed into a world where there's no injuries and no death. So please remember her husband, Sergius, <clears throat> and his daughter, and the family in prayer. I want to think about these folks today as we approach the Lord. So we pray for Ukraine and our friends here. We pray for family night. We pray for the school's ministry this week. We remember Lydia, who has started her treatment, Derek McLaughlin, uh, who is very ill, and Mrs. Olive Young, want to remember Elaine's mother. She's near the gates of glory. And we remember Calvin Gulliher as well, who has come through major surgery and is recovering from that. So we're going to pray together, seek the Lord. Our Father, we 
thank you for the entrance that we have into the presence of God and the opportunity that we have to come to this house of worship where we can assemble together and meet with those of like precious faith. We can draw near to our God with full assurance in our hearts that we are heard in heaven for the sake of the Son. We plead the merit of Christ. We stand upon redemption ground. We seek thee now earnestly in this moment of prayer that the Lord will come and abide with us, that his presence will fill this church building, and more importantly, fill the hearts of his own beloved redeemed people. We thank you for the encouragements of your word. We know that we're not to be dismayed, and many times you've told us in the word to fear not, be not dismayed, language like that. And we're able to sing this hymn and follow the verses through that remind us, no matter what our situation is, we're not to be dismayed because God will take care of us. We thank you for one who is with his people through the journey of life. He's there in the times of blessing when everything is well and we rise into the, the heights, into the mountaintop, but he's there also in the valley experience when the darkness comes and the clouds gather. But we know that irrespective of the situation, the Lord will take care of his people and see them through. Help us to trust in him. Help us to lean not onto our own understanding, but in all our ways acknowledge our God who will direct our paths. We remember the land of Ukraine. We've been praying for this country now for these past two years. We've been remembering it especially since our friends came. And Lord, you know their heartbreak. You know the sorrow of their hearts when they hear of the war intensifying, more bombs dropping on their cities, and people that they are acquainted with being injured and some indeed dying. And so we pray that you will comfort them with all this distance apart from their land, their families, their friends. Lord, we're asking thee that Jesus will draw near and go with them and bless them. And remember the believing church in that land. We thank you for the witness that they have raised. And we thank you for the opportunities that God has given and for a faithful ministry in days of war. We pray that that will be a blessing to the unconverted, that they might be brought to Christ. And we thank you for souls that have been saved. And we pray that the ministry of the word will also be a comfort and consolation to so many that are suffering in that land. And so we pray for every faithful minister and pastor and elder, indeed every faithful child of God, that you will bless them as they seek to walk with the Lord in difficult days. Spread your covering wings around them, we do pray. Remember the sick ones as well. We Thank you for bringing Lydia through her first treatment. We pray for the touch of the Lord in her body. We pray that that which she receives will be effective. We pray for the healing of the Lord to be upon her. 
We remember Calvin as well, and you've been gracious to this man, and you've brought him through serious surgery, and we pray for his recovery, that the touch of the Lord would be in his body. And then, Lord, we remember these others that are much in our thoughts these days as they come nearer towards the end of life's journey, that you will be with them. Think of Mrs. Young, Elaine's mother. Thank thee for the clear-cut, lifelong testimony of knowing Christ. And we pray that you'll bless her in these days. We pray that the Lord's presence will surround her and, and the family too as they, they sit and they wait in these anxious hours. And we pray for Derek, Lord, you know his situation also. And we just pray that he'll continue to be a witness for thee where he is. And remember the others that are sick and we'll be able to mention them later. We've been praying for them and they need your healing touch. Lord, may Jesus go with them too in their circumstances and be their portion. Bless today, this service now in which we gather, give us your presence, give us the power of the Holy Spirit, minister to us through your word. Remember tonight's family night as Margaret comes to give her personal testimony. May she know what it is to be helped by the Lord. Uh, she speaks well for him and the grace of God that has triumphed in her life. Lord, bring the people in. Lord, speak and it shall be done. We've been thinking about that already today. And Lord, we're asking for many in this town to come in under the sound of the word. Remember those that have been invited. Lord, give us power and persuasion with others. And remember the school's ministry this week. Bless every opportunity going in to speak to the children as we seek to spread the light of the glorious gospel. We pray that young ones will find the Lord. Bless our own youth. Lord, we're asking thee to give them a heart that, that seeks after God. Give them, Lord, a mind that is set upon spiritual things in heaven. For we are to set our affection upon things which are above. Oh, may our young people love the Lord and walk with the Lord and obey the Lord and seek to please him every day of their lives. And may it be so for us all. Help us to have a good testimony where we are for Jesus' sake. Amen. Let's sing together 540. As far as I can remember, it's been a wee while since we've sung this hymn as a church. <clears throat> but it brings us to faith. Faith is the victory. And we'll be coming later to think about faith in the message. Encamped along the hills of light, ye Christian soldiers rise and press the battle ere the night shall veil the glowing skies. Faith is the victory that overcomes the world. Let's stand to sing.
Can I just mention that a pair of glasses were found in the, the car park? So if you are not able to see me as well as you normally do, or see the words of the hymn, they may belong to you. And there's, there's one little problem, there's one of the lenses out, but at least you'll be able to have see when you get them back. So anyhow, if these are yours, we can get them to you, we have them. I want to welcome you in the Savior's name to Hebron today. May the Lord bless you. May the Lord bless those that are part of the service, but on the internet, either through Sermon Audio Facebook or YouTube. Tonight is our family night at 7, and we gather for the season of prayer at 6.30, so we encourage God's people to pray. Margaret Cameron, a converted Roman Catholic lady, saved a long, long time, is coming to give her testimony. A sinner saved by grace is the title that she has put on her testimony. And that's a great title for all of us who know the Lord. And so pray for Margaret as she comes, that the Lord will bless her. Share the invitation as much as you can. And where you get the opportunity, invite people to come. Remember, we preached a few weeks ago and compel them to come in. And that is so important if we are to see the house of God filled. Supper will be served. And again, ladies, please remember this. Uh, we need half a loaf of sandwiches and a dozen buns uh, from you if possible. In the morning, the Hebron Tots is at 10 o'clock. In the evening, it's the monthly session meeting at 8 o'clock. Tuesday morning is the Senior Fellowship at 11, and then in the evening time, it's Youth Challenge at 7. And it's the, there's a very special uh, meal for them when they arrive. That's the hot dogs on Tuesday night, and then the meeting will follow. On Wednesday evening, <clears throat> there's been a slight change to what is happening for the Ladies' Fellowship at 8 o'clock. Uh, Anita is still coming to sing, but Christina Logan will be here uh, to speak, to give her testimony uh, to the ladies. Elaine was to be with us, but her mother is very near heaven, and in these days, family are sitting with her. And uh, so her mind really is where it ought to be with her mother and with her loved ones, and we want her to have all the time that she can. Um, so remember Elaine, remember her family in difficult days, and pray for Christina as she steps in at short notice to uh, speak on Wednesday night. The school's ministry continues this week. We are in the model <clears throat> in the will of God on Wednesday, and that is for the assembly. And then Thursday afternoon, we are there again, Christine and myself, to do the scripture union uh, with the group after school. That's from three o'clock to four. On Friday, we are in the Eden, and then we travel to Kilmoyle. So, again, a busy week in the school's ministry, but thankful for the opportunities given to us. This week is also the special anniversary meetings organized by the mission board, and they run from Wednesday night through to Saturday night. Obviously, there's some of these nights uh, we have other things on. Uh, we have our prayer meeting on Thursday night. We will be, God willing, those who can travel to Martyrs, for the installation and ordination of Jonathan. But if you can get the other nights, the Wednesday night and the Saturday night, we would certainly encourage you to go. This has been widely advertised and announced, so pray for the meetings that there'll be a blessing and all who preach and take part. On Thursday night is a special night for us because 
Um, Crown College are coming over and visiting some of our churches for a few days. And with Kirsty there uh, studying with them, we didn't want to miss the opportunity. So we have this visit, this special visit from Crown College Wednesday night. And it's also special prayer for the Christian school. My final night with the Christian Workers Training Academy, um, don't want to really put in the word unfortunately because I would like to be there on Thursday night, but yeah, it's this Thursday night in Tandragee. So remember us as we finish up there. Friday is the ordination and installation of Jonathan as he goes to be the minister of Mount Marion Free Church. Uh, this meeting will take place in the Martyrs Memorial at 8 o'clock. We will be running transport for our young people because our youth fellowship will be traveling there. But if you need also transport, many of you will go in cars, I'm sure, but if you need transport from the church, please put your name onto the list that is provided. We put it out Thursday night, and it's there in the porch of the church as you leave. Next Lord's Day begins with the early morning prayer meeting, 8 o'clock. Sunday school is 10.30. Bible class is a quarter to 11. And Phil will be coming to the next subject, ponderings upon the pilgrim called Peter. Worship service is 12 noon. The gospel meeting at 7. I'll be here, God willing, to preach. Refreshments will be served afterwards. Next Sunday night sees a mission beginning in Coleraine for a couple of weeks. The Reverend William McRae will be there. If you have a free night, uh, we would encourage you to go and support the mission. For our own Sunday school and people, it's the Sunday school social on the 15th of March. That's Friday the 15th at 7.30 right here in the church. So we look forward to that as we always do. Keep it in mind, pencil it into your diary and try to be here to support the children and the work of Sunday school. We mentioned the annual St. Patrick's Day lecture that is run by the Historical Society of the Church, and that will be in Dungannon, and it will take place on the 15th. So that doesn't suit us, but we mention it anyhow. You can pray for the meeting. There's the conference. We're asking you to pray much for this. It's a first for this area with the Roma churches in Bazeau, and also visiting the poor families there. That will be from the 26th of, the, of March to the 2nd of April. The Vision magazine is available today. Please get a copy of that. We've been thinking about the school's ministry, and this was the first SU in the model that we've been able to attend and take part in on Thursday past. So again, thankful to the Lord for the opportunity. The gospel is being preached in our town. We ought to be much in prayer for this. And yesterday morning, the word of the Lord went forth, thankful to all those who come and stand with us, about 20 people, so there's more coming in physical support than ever, and this is a real encouragement to the preaching of the word outdoors. One of our churches, it wasn't Hebron, but one did give um, a gift so that the, the tree project, this is the planting of fruit trees, where Pastor Bebby that you've met is the minister, and just to help the local district and the poor people of that district, they're planting fruit trees. I don't know how many, maybe 100, 200 of them, and this was the preparation work. I think on the left, 
is the water supply for the extreme heat that they get in the, in the summertime. And, oh, sorry, on the right, that's the spades and the shovels that they're going to use to dig the holes. So all done manually. These are the trees, some of them, that are to be planted, and the men just getting ready for work. So um, they could do with some of the digger men going out and making life easy for them. But it's all done by, by spade and shovel, and they're able to produce these nice little holes for the planting of the trees. We remember especially those that, that have been in hospital recently. And we think of Lydia, we think of James Wallace, we think of Margaret Curie, we think of Tracy Moffat, young Andrew McConaughey as he recovers, Derek McLaughlin, Horace Strong, we think of Olive Young and Ernie Monteith. And then bringing together the, the wider uh, prayer list, we remember these individuals before the Lord. We pray for Ukraine. We pray for Israel. We look to the Lord in His mercy that these wars will end. We bring our tithes and offerings to the Lord now as we worship Him in our giving. And remember, it's let the Bible speak in missionary covenant today. Let's give to the Lord as we sing together 462. Tis so sweet to trust in Jesus, just to take Him at His word just to rest upon his promise, just to know thus saith the Lord. verse only, verse 4, I'm so glad I learned to trust him.
Tuesday night is half an hour earlier, okay? It's 6.30 for the children on Tuesday night coming earlier to get their hot dog. Uh, please remember that. There's also Sunday school social invitations. If you want to give them to others, there are some spare ones, and you can do that. Let's read together from the 11th chapter of Mark, and we'll read together verse 20 to 26. Coming back to the fig tree and the lesson that the Lord teaches from the fig tree about faith. And in the morning, as they passed by, they saw the fig tree dried up from the roots. And Peter, calling to remembrance, saith unto him, Master, behold, the fig tree which thou cursest is withered away. And Jesus answering saith unto them, Have faith in God. For verily I say unto you, that whosoever shall say unto this mountain, Be thou removed, and be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass, he shall have whatsoever he saith. Therefore I say unto you, what things soever ye desire when ye pray, believe that ye receive them, and ye shall have them. And when ye stand praying, forgive if ye have aught against any, that your Father also which is in heaven may forgive you your trespasses. But if ye do not forgive, neither will your Father which is in heaven forgive your trespasses. Let's have a word of prayer. Lord, as we come to deal with this important subject of faith, we pray for the coming of the Lord to abide with us and speak to us, counsel us, advise us, open up the Word to us to fill this preacher with divine power, to bring the message Search out our hearts and bless us, and Lord, may we feel the impact of your word today. And so lead us now in your truth. We cast ourselves upon your mercy for Jesus' sake. Amen. The message is to do with, with faith and prayer. And the two verses, in fact, we could take three verses, particularly from verse 22 where the Lord says, have faith in God, and then the next two verses that follow. Now, we can all speak about faith. We know the verses. We possess the head knowledge. And we all like to think that we have faith as God's people. What is faith? Perhaps there's not a better definition than the biblical one given to us in the chapter of faith in Hebrews chapter 11 and the opening verse, and then, of course, the, the chapter goes on to detail what faith is and the great examples of men of faith. Now, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. And you'll see from the verse that faith is described in two ways. It is the substance of things hoped for. 
In other words, it is a firm persuasion and expectation that God will perform all that He has promised to perform, all that He has promised in Jesus Christ. But secondly, it is the evidence of things not seen. We have not seen God, but we believe in God. We believe He exists. We believe that He is. We believe, as this chapter goes on to tell us, that He's a rewarder of them that diligently seek Him. We did not see creation, God calling this universe into existence, but we believe that He did. We did not witness the antediluvian flood in Noah's time that destroyed the whole earth, but we believe it happened. And I think there's even physical evidence that shows that that is so, but we believe it. We did not meet the Old Testament characters, nor the men of the New Testament, the men of God, but we know they exist. We believe that they exist because the Bible tells us so. We did not witness the mighty miracles, either of the periods in the Old Testament, which were few, or in the New Testament, the miracles of Christ and the apostles, but we believe that they were done. We did not stand gazing up into heaven when the Lord Jesus was taken at Mount Olivet from the sight of the disciples and disappeared through the clouds into glory to take his place at the right hand of the Father, but we believe it is so. We did not watch the operation of the Holy Spirit in our own hearts whenever we were converted. But we know that it happened. And God did a work in here when He changed our lives, when He converted us, when He saved us by His grace. And though we did not see the Spirit move in our hearts, we certainly know that it took place. And we see the evidence, I trust, of that. We cannot completely comprehend God, all that He is and all that He has done the Trinity, the eternality of God, the omnipresence of God, the, the deity of Christ, the virgin birth, the atonement, the resurrection, all those glorious doctrines that surround the person of God and His dear Son, the Lord Jesus Christ, but we believe them with all of our hearts. And of course, faith not only has a view of the past, what has already happened, but it has a view of the future all that God has foretold in His Word as far as this world is concerned and the events of the world are concerned, it's going to happen. And we believe that because that's faith in our heart. We believe in the second coming. Jesus is coming one day. We believe in the resurrection of the body. If we're dead in the grave, we're going to rise. And we will rise together with those that are still living on earth who are Christians to meet the Lord in the air. And so shall we ever be with the Lord. And we believe that God has something wonderful laid up for us in a better life in heaven itself. Matthew Henry put it this way, faith demonstrates to the eye of the mind the reality of those things that cannot be discerned by the eye of the body. Faith believes in God. Faith believes the Bible. Faith believes in Jesus Christ, the Redeemer. Faith believes in the promises of God. 
Faith believes in the, the plan and the providence of the Lord, even in those dark days when we, we don't understand it, we can't fully comprehend it, but faith believes these things. And true faith begins with a saving knowledge of the Lord. It is to believe in Him to the saving of our souls. And we call it saving faith. And by this, we are brought into a personal, living, vital relationship with Jesus Christ. And that's the most essential grace to have. The Puritan Thomas Watson said, other graces make us like Christ. Faith makes us members of Christ. And that's where it begins. It hasn't begun there with you. You haven't come to know the Lord and trust in Him as your Savior. You need to take a step of faith that brings you to Christ, brings you into Christ, that saves your soul. And then the other graces will enable you to be more like the Lord. Now, <clears throat> after conversion, we walk by faith, the Bible tells us. It's a day-by-day -day dependence and trust in a loving, gracious, merciful God. We keep our eye fixed upon Him, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. And I want to talk about faith in relation to prayer, what it is to trust God to answer the petitions that we make. Do we have faith in a God who hears and answers prayer? There's no doubt about God. There's no doubt about the promises that He has made. There's no doubt about answer to prayer, those wonderful promises that He's given. There's no doubt about His power. There's no doubt about His ability to hear, receive, and answer our prayers, because John was able to say in 1 John chapter 5, verses 14 and 15, this is the confidence that we have in Him, that if we ask anything according to His will, He heareth us. And we know that He hear us, whatsoever we ask. And we know that if He hears us, whatsoever we ask, we know that we have the petitions we desired of Him. So, I suppose the question is, what is our faith like today? Are we seeing answers to our prayers? Are we obtaining from God the things that we ask of Him? When was the last time that you saw a very definite answer to your prayers? Do we believe when we pray? We pray every day. And part of our prayers that we make to God will be petition. There's praise, there's adoration, there's worship, there's coming into the presence of God, acknowledging who He is and rejoicing in all that He's done. But part of our prayers every day will be petition. We're coming to ask the Lord for certain things, the things that we desire of Him. It may be for revival. We certainly need revival, don't we? Not just in the nation and not just in the province here, but we need personal revival. We need revival in this church. It might be for the souls of men, for, for individual people that we're burdened for to be brought to the saving knowledge of Christ. It might be some burden that we are carrying and we bring it before the Lord, we set it before Him, we have a petition regarding that. 
It might be a very personal matter that is very close to our own hearts that nobody else knows about. But we make our petitions known to God. Now, are those prayers being answered? It's a searching question. We met last Thursday night to pray. You remember the prayers that were offered? We, we met last Lord's Day to pray at the early time and at 6.30. Our prayers ascended unto the Lord. We cried to Him. We, we prayed that souls would be brought in. Indeed, I'm sure in all those prayer meetings we prayed for souls to be saved. Were they brought in? Did we see conversions? And if we didn't, did we wonder why that our prayers were not answered? Did we even consider that they were not answered? Did we question our hearts and our lives? Or are we just happy to go on merrily with our motions and rituals of prayer and never examine, never question why is our prayers not being answered? It's so easy to make an excuse, even a pious one. Or maybe it's just not the Lord's time. That could be so. Or maybe it's just not the Lord's way at this time to, to answer the prayer that I'm asking for. Spurgeon was speaking to his congregation one Sabbath morning, and he said, we have this morning been praying for the conversion of many. We expect our prayers to be heard. The question is not, will there be any converted under this sermon, but who will it be? And you know, it's not the kind of prayers that we need. Not will there be, but, but who will be the next to be converted? And when will that happen? Now, you think of the need for revival as we set it before the Lord, and we've been doing it for years, and yet revival has not come. Think about the precious souls of men, hundreds and hundreds of them, living not far away from us, right on our doorstep, and then further afield. Think about what God could do through this church. But our faith is small. We are not seeing great answers. Well, maybe the Lord has to look down into our hearts, into my heart, and rebuke us as he did with the disciples of old. How is it that ye have no faith? The disciples were sailing on the Sea of Galilee when the great tempest arose. The waves were dashing into their ship and over the deck and filling the boat with water. And they were terrified. They thought they were going to die. And the Lord Jesus, he's at the hinder part of the ship sleeping, sleeping in the storm. Well, he knew that all would be well. But the disciples, panic-stricken, they run to him, they waken him. Master, carest thou not that we perish? Of course he cared. And the Lord Jesus said to them, Why are ye so fearful? O ye of little faith. And then he stilled the storm. On another occasion, Jesus came walking on the water in the midst of the storm. Peter, receiving an invitation from the Lord to come into the water, he jumped overboard and he walked for a time, as you know, quite confidently. But then his faith failed and he began to sink. And he cried out to the Lord, and Jesus caught him and rescued him. 
but said to him, O thou of little faith, wherefore didst thou doubt? After his resurrection, he had to reprove the two men on the road to Emmaus. O fools and slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have spoken. And in the last earthly meeting that he had with these men, he, we are told he upbraided them with their unbelief and hardness of heart because they believed not them which had seen him after he was ri risen. Now these words might very well be written of you and me. They might be pronounced over our lives because we're no better than those men. And let's not pretend that we are. Well, I'm not going to pretend that I am. I'm no better than these disciples of old who had to be rebuked over and over again for no faith, for little faith. Jesus Christ makes a most wonderful statement in our text in verse 24. And the introduction, just by the way, was a little bit longer. And then the points I'll make a little bit quicker. But he makes this wonderful statement in verse 24. What things soever ye desire when ye pray, believe that ye receive them and ye shall have them. And the words of the Savior in this passage on the subject of faith are of immense importance. Our Lord was making a journey, as you know, from Bethany to Jerusalem not long before his crucifixion. He was hungry. We read that earlier in the chapter in verses 13 and 14. And as he's hungry, he goes to the fig tree, hoping that he would find some figs. And there were no figs, so he curses the fig tree. The next morning, making the same journey, they passed by this same fig tree, and they noted that it was dried up from the roots. We read that in verse 21. In response to Peter's observation and declaration, Jesus took the opportunity to teach two very vital lessons about prayer. One of them is faith in verses 23 and 24, and the other is forgiveness in verses 25 and 26. And I want to look at the first one of these. I want to deal with faith. What things soever ye desire. And of course, that phrase must be interpreted in a reasonable way, in a reasonable fashion. It assumes that what we ask for are not sinful things. That what we ask for is in accordance to the will of God. And when we come to God with that kind of request, we may believe that prayer will be answered. So let's think about faith and prayer. And I want to say, first of all, that there is the potential, the potential of faith. Our text speaks about removing mountains. What a wonderful statement in this 23rd verse. Whosoever, <clears throat> Jesus said, shall say to this mountain, Be thou removed, and be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe those things which he saith shall come to pass. He shall have whatsoever he saith. Faith shall enable a child of God to accomplish works and overcome problems as great and as difficult and as impossible as the removing of a mountain and casting it into the sea. A similar expression is used by the Lord 
that's recorded by Matthew in Matthew chapter 17 and verse 20. Jesus said unto them, Because of your unbelief. <clears throat> For verily I say unto you, If ye have faith as a grain of mustard seed, ye shall say unto this mountain, Remove hence to yonder place, and it shall remove, and nothing shall be impossible unto you. Now the case here, this time, is to do with the demoniac son. The disciples had failed to deal with the problem. The father we know brought his son to the disciples, but they could not. They could not cast out this evil spirit from the child. And Jesus rebuked their doubt in verse 17. Oh, faithless and perverse generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I suffer you? Bring him hither to me. And the Lord spoke the word, as you know, and the, the child is cured. And the disciples, therefore, perplexed, bewildered maybe, not really understanding why we could not cast out this evil spirit. They'd done it before. Why could we not cast out this evil spirit now? They asked the question to the Lord in verse 19. Why could we not cast him out? And the answer is what I read to you in verse 20, because of your unbelief. And then he talks about this faith, the, the size of a mustard seed. If you have that kind of faith, Jesus said, you can say to this mountain, remove, and it shall be done. What a rebuke. You know, a mustard seed is very tiny. It is less than most seeds. And it was used by the Jews and by the Lord Jesus himself as an illustration when describing anything that was very minute. Mustard is a herb. And in comparison with other herbs, it becomes a great tree. It can grow as high as a house. And Jesus says, if you have faith as a grain of mustard seed, you can say to this mountain, remove, and nothing, nothing shall be impossible unto you. In other words, faith is the key to success in Christian work and service. Unbelief is the sure road to defeat. Removing mountains must be taken, obviously, in a figurative sense, we're not thinking about physical removing of mountains, like going down to Newcastle and saying to Donard, remove. We're not talking about that, or going to Mount Everest and saying remove, and it's going to be removed. It's an expression of illustration. It's an expression here that is to be used in uh, a figurative way. A mountain could speak of a barrier, an obstacle that's in your way, you can have a problem that is mountain high. You can have challenges in God's work that are humanly impossible, and they seem to be so unattainable, and so therefore they could be viewed as a big mountain, a mountain in the way. It's an obstacle. Faith in prayer removes such difficulties. Faith sees the God of the impossibilities. Faith confides implicitly in a God who can when we cannot. J. Edwin R. 
was a Belfast preacher. Some of you may even have some of the books that he wrote. I have a number of them, and one is called Can God? That's the title of the book, just Can God? Question mark. And really, as you read the book, it's expounding the fact God can. He can do all things. Jacob and Orr lived by faith. And he saw extraordinary answers to prayer. And he saw a great revival wherever he went, whether it was here, across on the mainland, and he traveled the world. And everywhere he went, living by faith, he saw God move in a mighty way. And so, read his books, and you mightn't believe, you mightn't agree with everything that he says, but you, you will get the gist of it. He was a man of faith, a man that believed God, and he saw accomplishments for the Lord. His book, Can God, begins with these words. Shadows were deepening one evening in the month of May 1932 when two young men, a chauffeur and a clerk, were discussing the power of prayer, the prayer of faith. They had just returned from gospel efforts in some of the most difficult streets in the city of Belfast. The work was arduous and perplexing, and they were both inexperienced, thus compelling them to seek greater blessing and making their work largely experimental. Both young men were in earnest in their desire to be used of the Lord, whom they loved. Hence, the outcome of that evening's conversation was a covenant which bound them to pray for a band of 24 young men wholly yielded to the Lord and eager for revival. And they got their 24 young men, and eventually they went on to pray for 2,400 people who would take the matter of prayer seriously and by faith lay hold upon God to see mighty works, and they did. And they saw wonderful things accomplished. You see, faith has great potential. Faith saved a family from the great flood in Noah's day. Faith gave a promised seed or given a promised seed in a situation of absolute impossibility. And that was, of course, Isaac. Faith dried up the waters of the Red Sea. Faith overcame armies. And as the, the list goes on in Hebrews 11, subdued kingdoms, wrought righteousness, obtained promises, stopped the mouths of lions, quenched the violence of fire, escaped the edge of the sword, out of weakness were made strong, waxed valiant in fight, turned to flight the armies of the aliens, and so on. Oh, that we would understand the potential of faith we have battles to fight against the world, the flesh, and the devil. Can we overcome them? Yes, we can, through God. We have a, a stand to take against the ungodliness and the sins of society that are abounding round about us. We need to take our stand, and we need faith to overcome these many, many problems. And there are loved ones to reach. They're not saved. They're going to hell. They're lost. Friends and neighbors perishing in their sin. Hundreds of people. Yeah, thousands. Dying all around us. In this town where we live, 
Can they be saved? Can they be won to Christ? Can they be brought to the feet of the Savior? The disciples once asked the question, who then can be saved? And Jesus says, with men it is impossible, but not with God, for with God all things are possible. And so we ask the question, how are they to be reached? How are they to be brought in? How are they to be saved? Well, we know that we're to go for them. This is our work. We've spoken about that recently. We must put as we used to call it, feet to our prayers. We pray that souls will come in. We pray for souls to be saved. But we need to go for them and tell them and bring them. We noticed just recently the Lord saying, go out quickly into the highways and the hedges and compel them to come in that my house may be filled. Very few unsaved are being reached. And this house of God, even on a Sunday morning, it's, it's just two-thirds, three-quarters filled, and we, we want to see the house of God filled, yet there is room, and so we, we must go. But my friends, we need faith, faith to believe, to be able to visualize in our mind's eye by the grace of God this church bursting forth with souls that are hungering after the bread of life. We need to anticipate scores coming to Christ because that's the potential May God give us vision. May He give us the works to go for them. But may He give us the faith that Jesus speaks about here. Very quickly, there is the proportion of faith. Look at our text again, verse 23 and 24. The second part of verse 23. And shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass, he shall have whatsoever he saith. What things soever ye desire, when ye pray, believe that ye receive them, and ye shall have them. Now, these words are not meaningless. These words are not given by God in vain. They are true. They are dependable. They are trustworthy. But then why is it that we obtain so little? Why do we see so little happening? And perhaps there's many, many answers to that question. It might be sin in your life that is the great barrier to your prayers being answered. But surely here's part of the answer. Our blessed Savior tells us that if we shall not doubt, but shall believe, we shall have whatsoever. And you mark the words of verse 24 again, what things soever ye desire when ye pray, believe that ye receive them, and ye shall have them. But do I desire this to happen? Maybe we should ask the question, do I desire? But I do desire certain things. Make that statement, there's things that I do desire. Isn't that right? I desire to live a holier life. If I'm a Christian, I ought to desire that. I desire to have victory over sin in my life. I desire my family to be saved. I desire my friends to be converted. I desire the church building to be filled with people hungering after the Lord. I desire revival. I desire missionaries to be to be blessed on the mission field and others to be raised up and sent forth. I desire the welfare of my loved ones. I desire the church to grow. I desire multitudes to be, to be reached in this area where we live. 
and, and we pray over these things. And I know that because I'm here with you in the prayer meetings. And there are even times we weep over these things when the tears fall in our prayers unto God. Then we ask the question, why do we see so little happening then? Why are so few prayers answered? Is it weakness in faith? Is it doubt in our hearts? Is it failure to trust? You know, there is a principle to do with faith that must never be overlooked. And let me read you just two verses that I believe are important to mention. First of all, Matthew chapter 8 and verse 13, where Jesus says to the centurion, and you know the story where the centurion comes to the Lord. He has a servant that is sick. He wants the servant to be healed. And the Lord Jesus Christ says, I'll come with you. The centurion says, Lord, you don't need to come. I'm paraphrasing now. You just need to speak the word and it will be done. And Jesus, Jesus says, I haven't seen so great faith. No, not in all Israel. And so in verse 13, Jesus said to the centurion, go thy way. Now listen to this. As thou hast believed, so be it done unto thee. As thou hast believed, so be it done. And parallel to that, in the next chapter, chapter 9, verse 29, <clears throat> when Jesus departed thence, two blind men followed him, crying and saying, Thy son of David, have mercy on us. When he was come into the house, the blind men came to him, and Jesus said unto them, Believe ye that I am able to do this? They said, Yea, Lord. Now notice verse 29. Then touched he their eyes, saying, According to your faith, be it unto you. Now, if the Lord was to come to you and I today and say, According to your faith, be it unto you, I wonder what our faith would produce. Perhaps we do not obtain, or perhaps we only obtain according to our faith. We find it comparatively easy to ask the Lord for our daily bread, for example. We're not living in a third world country situation. We're not living in a place where people survive just from day to day and sometimes go days without food at all. And so really in the western part of the world, it's usually easy enough to, when we pray, Lord, give us our daily bread, to believe that because the Lord has prospered this country more than Africa or, or other parts that we know about. And so according to our faith, we're, we're able to get that because it's, it's kind of easy, isn't it? And we ask the Lord to protect us and keep us safe. And generally that happens. We look to the Lord for good meetings. We pray for the blessing of God upon His Word. And we, we see a few people coming to trust in the Lord. And we're thankful about that. And, you know, it's a small thing. What I'm saying is it's, it's easy to believe in the small things according to our faith. But why don't we see the great and the mighty things? Sometimes because we don't ask. You have not because you ask not. But often it is for this reason. We don't believe. 
It's easy to trust God for general things, for little things. But what about seeing the mountains removed? What about obtaining the whatsoever? What about receiving the things ye desire? How we need to have our faith increased. My dear friends, our God is a great God. He's able to do over and above that which we ask. Isn't that what the Bible tells us? Now unto him who was able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think, this is our God. But how many believe it? How many trust him in this way? I believe it is most honoring to the Lord to ask for great things, to ask for humanly impossible things, to ask for those things that are, that are way beyond us. We sing Newton's hymn, Thou art coming to a king, large petitions with thee bring, for his grace and power are such, none can ever ask too much. But do we believe it? Is our hymnology, our theology, when we sing such things, do we believe in our theology that this is the God that we worship? He is the King. He's able to do all things. Alexander the Great had a famous but poor philosopher on his court. Being pressed for money, he, he made an application for relief to the king who commissioned him to draw whatever cash that he wanted from the treasury. The philosopher presented a request for 10,000 pounds to the treasury. That's, that was a lot of money back in those days. But the treasurer refused to honor it until he consulted with his royal master, adding that he also thought the amount was exorbitant. Alexander replied, pay the money at once. The philosopher has done me a singular honor. By the largeness of his request, he shows the high idea he has conceived of both my wealth and munificence. We cannot honor God more than believing what he has said and trusting him by faith in all our requests at his throne. George Mueller supported 300 orphan children on no resources but faith and prayer. When he needed anything, he called them together. He offered supplication to God and asked that his needs might be supplied. Mueller said, oh, it's only a little thing that I have done. Faith could do far more than that. If it were God's will that I should feed the universe, on prayer and faith. I could do it. I believe God has made me to be here to be to the world a proof that He hears and answers prayer. May God give us greater faith, greater confidence to ask the Lord for great things. And then I finish with the pathway of faith very quickly. You must confess, or I, I must confess, my faith is small. I'm weak when it comes to this matter. The Lord would have to ask me as he did the disciples, how is it that ye have no faith? And I think he would need to rebuke me as he did with Peter. 
O thou of little faith. But I would like to have strong faith. I would like to really believe when I pray. And so what should I do? How can I become stronger in faith? Two things, just to say as we close. Number one, by meditation. Meditation in the Scriptures. So there you get to know who God is and what God is able to do. And that principle that we read about in Romans chapter 10, verse 17, does not change whether it's an unconverted person needing to be enlightened and brought to Christ through faith to the Son of God, or whether it's the believer in our Christian experience. Faith cometh by hearing, hearing by the Word of God. That's how we were saved. That's how we exercise faith in Christ to start off with. It came by hearing what? The Word of God. And that is so for the rest of our Christian lives. Hearing God's Word will engender a deeper faith in Him. This is a principle that never changes. Get to know God. And there's only one way to get to know Him. It's right here. It's in His book. And the people that do know their God shall be strong and do exploits. That's the guarantee of God's Word. Not only meditation, but supplication. We need to pray about this matter. We need to come to the Lord in honesty. Perhaps like the Father in Mark chapter 9 and verse 24, when he said to the Lord regarding the, the deliverance of his boy, Lord, I believe. Help thou mine unbelief. And where there's unbelief still lingering in the heart, Lord, help that unbelief. Help it to become belief. Help it to be strong. Help me to really believe the Lord. Or maybe like the disciples in Luke chapter 17 and verse 5, we need to be like them. And let me just read the text as we close. They came to the Lord. And what do they say? Increase our faith. Will you pray that today, child of God? In the light of God's Word, in the light of faith and prayer, will you ask the Lord to increase your faith? I certainly will be asking the Lord to do that in the coming days. And may we see the exploits. May we see the great and the mighty things done for the Lord in our day and generation. Because when we have faith, even if it's just small like the mustard seed, those mountains that stand in the way will be removed because Jesus has said so. Let's pray. Lord, forgive us for our unbelief. Many a time we are just like the disciples, no better when they had to be rebuked over and over again for little faith, no faith, lacking faith. But they did come and they said, Lord, increase our faith. And we would pray that today as we close this meeting. Lord, increase our faith. Help us to be strong in the Lord. Help us to believe the Lord. Send us forth from the house of God this day, trusting in Thee for matters that are great as well as those that are small. Make every believer here a child of God that believes the Lord. For Jesus' sake. Amen. We're not singing the closing hymn, but it is to do with trust and faith.
and they'll, they'll play the hymn for us. You can think it over in your head. I'll, I'll leave the first verse up for you. I'm trusting thee, Lord Jesus, trusting only thee, trusting thee for full salvation, great and free. And then we go on to trust him for everything else. 